This podcast, number 867, with Stephanie Spence about her new book entitled Yoga Wisdom, Warrior Tales Inspiring You On and Off Your Mat, is brought to you by Dr. Jim Laura and Karen Kenny, authors of a new book entitled Leading with Character, 10 Minutes a Day to a Brilliant Legacy. In this interview, we talk about the purpose of the book and the companion guide entitled The Personal Credo Journal. If you are a leader who is serious about transforming your relationship with yourself, your family, and your coworkers, then you're going to want to listen to this podcast. If you want to learn more about Dr. Jim Lohr, Karen Kinney, and their new book, Leading with Character, 10 Minutes a Day to a Brilliant Legacy, please visit their website at www.evolveleadership.com. That's E-V-O-L-V-E leadership.com. And now for our featured podcast, please listen to my interview with uh, Stephanie Spence about her new book, Yoga Wisdom, Warrior Tales Inspiring You On and Off the Mat. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Stephanie, we are pushing, oh my goodness, almost 900 podcasts in the last 14 years. And it's a pleasure to have you on. You're in good company. Everybody from Ram Das to Ken Wilbur have been guests on the show. And now Stephanie Spence uh, from Coronado, California, which is a neighboring city for all of my listeners who are aware um, it's just right down the road. And Stephanie, good day to you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, I'm in very good company. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure. And I'm going to let my listeners know something about you. Um, With an eye towards future, but steeped in wisdom from 39 years of practicing yoga, Stephanie Spence is a yoga educator, author, inspirational speaker, activist, entrepreneur, and creative leader. How do you find time for yoga and all that? <laughs> Based in Coronado, as I said, Stephanie is a, Stephanie's a trailblazer uh, with an inspiring and empowering approach to self-inquiry and personal development. She is the former CEO of Spence Communication, has been featured on TV and editorially in books and magazines around the world, including Mantra Wellness Magazine, Yoga Times, uh, Shut Up, and Yoga, The Yogi Press, and Bad Yogi, and many more. Um, Stephanie, is com- Stephanie is committed to helping ignite the desire for others to create a life of health and joy for themselves through a sustainable practice of yoga for a lifetime of transformation. And today we are going to be speaking with her, and I want to show people this. It's a beautiful hardback book, uh, Yoga Wisdom, uh, Warrior Tales Inspiring You On and Off Your Mat. And it got a Nautilus Book Award, by the way, which is, it's a beautiful book. I got to just show some of my listeners how she kind of laid this out because she's got pictures and the stories and her own comments. And it's just extremely well done. Um, Stephanie, let's start off. Rolf Gates wrote in your introduction that you've written a book about what we choose for ourselves and what we create together. Now, the together part is obviously the yoga because the, you know, I'm a yoga practitioner for many, many years. The energy you create in the room is just phenomenal 
when you have the right yoga teacher right. and you have uh, even the right students, because sometimes I think those yoga teachers can attract the right people into the room. Um, believing that learning is one part of listening and one part teaching, you say. Can you tell our listening audience why you wrote Yoga Wisdom and why you felt it was so important? At the time, I was going through a major life transition. And I had this idea, actually in Shavasana, that I needed to learn how to really take my yoga from my practice off into the world, off my mat. And a lot of people hear this conceptually. You know, how do I, I hear that people talk about this idea that I need to learn about myself in yoga and then take my yoga off my mat. So I came up with this idea that I was going to rent an RV. This was before glamping and um, all the Instagram sensations were doing uh, little van life posts and things like that. In fact, social media was just getting started. And I decided just because... What year was up- it? What year was it, Stephanie, that you went on that 4,000-mile trip from Southern California to Canada looking for all these gurus in yoga? It's- uh, what year? 15 years ago now, maybe 14. You called the so, van Ted. Yeah, I decided <laughs> if I was going to live with this big bulking thing, I was going to have to make good friends with it. And, and when I would come out of some place and I'd see him in the parking lot, I'd be like, oh, my God, hi, Ted, because it was my little moving cocoon of love after yeah. all. It was yeah. funny. You even got kicked out of some trailer parks, I read. <laughs> And then you found yourself in some trailer parks that you didn't, well, didn't want to be in because maybe they weren't as safe. But they, I remember the lady saying, we don't want your kind in our trailer park, meaning that you were this uh, earthy kind of yoga person. We don't want you in our trailer park. <laughs> I didn't stay around to ask her what she really meant. I was so taken aback at the time. She, I tried to give her my credit card to pay for the night at the RV park. Yeah. She just pushed it back across the calendar and said, you know, we don't take your kind. Yeah. Like, what is that? But everyone that I know of, and there's some people in the book that have experienced either like some type of type of oppression or resentment or feeling uncomfortable. That was certainly a a good lesson for me in, um, Wow, how how we treat each other, right? And just simple things like kindness and you know, compassion, yeah, and professionalism, or you know, just the way that um, hey, your money spends too, right? She should have taken your credit card and let in. <laughs> yes, but that was that was a rare instance. The yeah. majority of my experiences were that that are memorable were either in solitude as I gained some type of new information or with these amazing people that I met and just the adventure, the fun. So the, the places that I stayed, I quickly learned, and I'm sure people that uh, uh, go RVing understand, there's some are better than others, that's for sure. And there are very fancy ones and there are uh, pretty scary ones. And I, I had a mix, so... Well, you went out with a video camera, right? And videotaped these people. And I'm sure you got other interviews. But what did you learn from these yoga instructors? If you were to like, 
distill down some of the knowledge? Because I have a lot of other questions here I want to ask you. But if our listeners are out there going, wow, I'm, I'm with the best in the best in the country. I've traveled all over California, all the way up to Canada, and I've been meeting with these people. What, are, what would you distill down? That we all, it's an inescapable part of life, will come up against some kind of insurmountable challenge or seemingly insurmountable challenge. And it, it became very clear to me very quickly because I didn't have an agenda when I left. I just knew conceptually I wanted to help people. And so I felt like as I took off on the road that something would emerge. And it did. Because I wrote the book because I was going through a, a, a challenging time in my life. And I thought that if I surrounded myself with other really caring, loving, smart, wise people, something would come out, you know, that they could help someone else and I could get something too. So very quickly, though, it emerged that everyone had used yoga to move through life's ups and downs, and that it is a tool that helps do that. Sure, some people showed up at class because there was a cute girl that took them to class and they wanted the six-pack abs, but they eventually stayed for all the other benefits. I think most people come to yoga for one of two reasons, either because in some type of physical pain or some type of emotional pain. And every one of these amazing people but you're Just, talking about the whole world because exactly. everybody's got physical and emotional pain. Exactly. And, you know, after the last year and a half, we've all the spiritual so. side of yoga that gets you there. Now, you'd come out of a really rough relationship, abusive. Right. Um, this road trip, you called yourself the Yogi Road Trip or the Yoga Road Trip. Um, can you speak openly about your abusive relationship and how disempowering it was and even how you couldn't kind of get your act together because this man that was in your life, your husband, your ex-husband had really treated you with um, less than emotional support. Let's put it that way. Exactly. Um, and, and actually my family of origin was also <laughs> very abusive. So it kind of set me up. I was a great student. And it set me up to go out and search for someone like this. So as I finally had the courage to get out and redesign my life, recalibrate my life, and actually unlearn a lot of the things that I had been taught, yoga was my healthy partner to help me do that. And so as I set out to write the book, that was really the goal. I wanted people to suffer less. And because yoga is a proven tool of transcendence, it is an ancient tool. The yoga postures have only been around 100 years. There's 5,000-year-old you know, system of living that is a spiritual tool. It's not a, it's not a religion. It's not a dogmatic system, but it is a tool that works. And all the yoga teachers that I interviewed simply shared how they had used this tool of transcendence. Well, it, it is. And I've been in yoga a long time. And I realized that when you do the poses and you get into the practice and the breathing and you're able to stay present in the moment because it's the only way you can complete them, your mind has no place else to go. It's like a deep meditation. And 
we talk about the monkey mind and, you know, you state that the yoga wisdom takes you on a road with the life of, with people who are full of self-love and radiating, radiating balance. Um, so they can create it for other people and themselves. What advice would you give our listeners about how to claim self-love and to truly live it? Because, you know, you talked about your emotional pain. You didn't have a lot of self-love when you started out um, because of this emotional challenge you faced. But self-love is probably one of the biggest things that you can obtain and compassion and presence from yoga. Um, so what what would you tell our listeners about, hey, these funny little moves that you do for an hour um, can really transform your life? Well, what would I, you tell I, them? You just touched on the very thing. The, the whole practice of yoga is to get to Shavasana. The postures were created to get to that still, quiet place so that you could then go inside and learn to not only listen to and trust your intuition, but here's my piece that I think is critical to act on that information, to trust that information, to know that you are your best, wise, highest self. But the practice of yoga shows us that we are stronger than we know. We are more capable and we have the tools within us. So that sounds kind of woo-woo and esoteric until, you, like you said, you're forced to go and do that. So people have had a glimpse of that, that struggled during the initial phase of the lockdown because they, most people are terrified of that quiet, still place. And, and it's, it's for a lot of different reasons. But what yoga does is shows you that living in the now, living in presence shows you all the things that you need to know to act on that healthy information. I don't believe that we are born, you know, um, broken somehow and need to look outside of ourselves for either someone to fix that or to get the answers from. But I think so many things, not only in the culture with which we live in and the time and either through the media or organized religion or powerful forces that are around you as a child teach you to listen to someone else other than yourself. So this is actually a radical move to get quiet, get still, go inside and ask these questions. One of the things I do every day is a morning check-in before I get out of bed. And yoga taught me how to do this by just going for a minute and asking myself, you know, how do you feel? What do you need today? You know, and check in with my own self. So when I first got out of my abusive relationship, I had handed over the keys to my life to someone else. And I reclaimed through the practice of yoga, the courage and the ability and the self-love to say, you know what, I'm strong, I'm smart, I am, you know, um, capable of not only designing my life in a way that fills me with limitless joy, people are also afraid of that responsibility. So yoga, just like standing in a difficult pose, 
puts you in a little bit of an uncomfortable position so that you can then feel empowered to know, wow, so what if I fall out of the pose? Who cares? Don't beat yourself up. Or, hey, I'm really strong today. I'm, I'm pretty much rocking it today. There's so many multi-layers of what's going on when you're moving through those poses. And not only does science even now prove that your brain moves from a, you know, a beta state to an alpha state. You're, uh, the, um, the, the, the chemicals within your body change. That's why you're more peaceful. You sleep better. You have more equanimity. You physically, mentally, and emotionally change while practicing. And I don't know of any other system that does that. You know, even if you go out for a run, you feel great. You feel like you accomplished something, but it's not spiritual unless you make it spiritual. So yoga really does cover everything. In fact, I think the reason that it's so popular now is because it, it hits all the pillars of psychological wellness, scientific, emotional, spiritual, mental, and community wellness. You touched on that in the beginning. Being in community is really healthy for us. So a lot of people too have experienced trauma in the last year just from the sheer isolation. Loneliness is a pandemic in most of our country now. So I think that it just addresses so many aspects of our well-being and all you have to do is show up and it does the work for you. Yes. I think I think more importantly from my side of it, you know, being a student of it, not a teacher, if there's one word I could put to it, it's freeing. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody gets bound up by their to-do list and things they've got to get done. And they think in the world tells them who they should be and wherever. When you walk into the sanctuary of a really good yoga studio with a really good teacher, what happens is your f- uh, focal point changes. Everything changes, um, much like meditation, in a sense. It is a meditation. It's a moving meditation. But the breathing part, um, when you get that in conjunction with the moves, is really the quintessential, um, uh, you know, I'm just going to call quintessential yoga. Now, you interviewed uh, Sean Korn, and Sean Korn and I met in, um, let's see, we were in outside of Denver in a little city and she was with sounds true doing something. And I went to one of her courses in a phenomenal teacher, um, but also a phenomenal writer for any of those who are out there uh, pick up some of her books, but for your book. And she quotes that yoga has taught her that life happens. I like what you said earlier as well. Uh, Stephanie, life does happen. You, you don't know what's going to happen. So you you say, yesterday is a canceled check, tomorrow's a promissory note, all I really have is today. And, you know, Ram Dass said that to me, be here now. And it's amazing and incredible, and it kicks your ass backwards, she said, your ass backwards. How does yoga help face help us face the challenges of life and help one grow through our issues and problems like you were faced with? In fact, when I interviewed Sean, she had just lost her father. And I think that the ability to remain present 
to the experience is what she was addressing. Because yoga not only helps you cultivate determination and resiliency and um, equanimity, you're right, the freeing and the peaceful aspects. Like I learned um, not only through my road trip, but through my life transition that you can hold more than one experience at a time, meaning um, people don't understand that you don't have to get stuck in an emotion or a situation and this flow, this fluid. In fact, that's why I use the metaphor of the road because this constant organic movement like yoga poses is what we're talking about. Life is not stagnant. You're either growing or you're decaying. But being in the moment, like in the past, there could be regrets or, you know, you can uh, self-shame yourself by saying, I wish I would have or could have or all those awful words. In the future, even though it's exciting and important to plan for things, if you can let go of the attachment to the future and really just be in the now, that cultivating that mindfulness that yoga helps you um, learn how to extend into more of your day once you leave your mat, that's what Sean was talking about. That's what everyone who does yoga, like you've said, eventually taps into is this stream of consciousness that is ever present, that's peaceful in the moment. Because yeah. that's really all we have. That's well, really you know, everybody have. enters yoga, as you said, they either have a pain, physical pain, or emotional pain. That's what you said. And we all have them. The question is, how are they manifesting within within us? Are we thrashing out at people like your husband did from his anger? Um, so he had to take it out on somebody because he, he, he wasn't enough of a highest level of consciousness to realize what to do with that. Now, one of your interviewees was this young instructor by the name of Julie Smirdon. Smeared on. And Julie states that she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder at the age of 13. And her response was to try to have complete control over her body and health by using a grueling fitness reg regiment. Now, we know there's lots of people out there listening today who try all of these things. And you commented that Julie's grace and wisdom inspired you uh, that day. And it was about, what was it about Julie's story that really inspired you? Because here's somebody who says, I'm going to force it. I'm going to do the jogging. I'm going to lift the weights. I'm going to do whatever it is. But yoga can be so freeing that way. That's the way I love it because I was never a big weight lifter, although I played football in high school and whatever. But here's a practice that you can start no matter any age. Uh, no matter what your sex anything. is, anything, exactly. and you can benefit from it. So what did Julie's story tell you about what yoga did for her? Yeah, Julie and a lot of other people in the book faced something head on. Now, people did it different ways. Like one woman lost her son. Uh, it was, he was murdered. Another woman was told on her wedding day that she had breast cancer. Um, another person, you know, faced something like coming out as transgender through the practice. 
because they were dedicated to this idea that there was more, that there was something about, about call it higher power, call it spirit, call it um, uh, health, that there was a potential. And I think that potentiality and grace is what Julie was addressing, that through dedicated action, whether or not, even if you do yin yoga and you show up to do a restorative yoga that's really peaceful, you have dedicated time to your well-being so that then you can go out and take care of others and uh, perform better in society and perhaps help someone else because it sounds so corny, but that, you know, definition on an airplane of secure your own mass first is so true. In fact, in my former life with my abusive partner, I actually put myself in a position that was wrong. I put everyone else first because I'd been taught that that was the best thing that a mother and a wife and a a person could do. I actually put myself last and I placed all my hopes, dreams, desires, everything last. I taught my family that my needs and wishes and hopes and desires were irrelevant. So I think Julie had the courage to place her health and well-being first. Now, most people get that wake-up call when they get the, the cancer diagnosis or they get this idea that you have six months to live and then there's that, oh my God, what am I going to do? But every day is an opportunity to do that. Each day we're born yet again and the, the practice of Shavasana is actually a death, right? It's a, the called corpse pose. You die to yourself again, and you are reborn into the rest of your day. And so I think this idea through breath, like you were saying, because breath is the gateway, pranayama through the, you know, the subtle body systems, the chakras, the nadis, the, you know, you can go all different ways, but scientifically, your breath takes you into awareness and the present moment and this dedicated love of self so that you can transform your life. Well, it's a a beautiful practice no matter what, but you got to meet some of the best of the best in your 4,000 mile journey on your yoga road trip, right? And I I was going to just make a comment, you know, I'm a devotee of Self-Realization Fellowship and I go to the Encinitas Temple here. And in 16 months, we hadn't met until this last Sunday. And we came back together uh, because the temple's been closed. And what I was going to say about, you know, Kriya Yoga, you know, when you get the fact that the breathing in conjunction with the chakras to move the light energy up and down your spine is there to actually reach this highest uh, connection with God, whatever you believe, this higher source power. Um, it's so powerful. And it's even more powerful when it's done as a group. That's the same thing about yoga. You know, during the pandemic, I practiced yoga here on my own. I remembered all the moves from all the classes, and I would sit in the room and do the routine. But there's nothing like being with a group of other people that are doing it with you and sharing stories and just breathing together. Now, you you uh, interviewed uh, Sir, uh, I want to make sure I get this name right, uh, Sir Dharma Mitra. 
wrote, the yoga taught me all about my personal self, the non-self, the mind, and I want to highlight that, the non-self, the mind, and also the true causes of pain and delusion. And I would underline delusion for people as well, because it's that delusionary story we carry around that gets us all tied in a knot. You know, in your estimation, why is it that yoga teaches us about the non-self and the true cause of pain and delusion? Yes, Sri Dharma Mitra is, I'm I'm from his lineage, Ashtanga, and the ancient system of yoga, whether or not you believe it came from Egypt or India, northern India, it aligned very easily with Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. And one of the tenets of Buddhism Buddhism is the no self, which is very hard for people to understand that aren't Buddhist. So you just replace the word self with ego, no ego, and it's much easier to comprehend. And the delusion is, is that we are anything other than divine. And I think that yoga addresses these two things very easily because the humbleness that it takes to go and look at all your flaws and still love yourself anyway is part of the package that you get. And these concepts that came from these other spiritual traditions were all taken back in the first time yoga was mentioned was in an ancient sacred text called the Urg Veda. And it really was all about just the breathing and that the problems that they were facing at the time. It's mind-blowing when you go back and read these ancient texts because I'm currently getting my master's degree in yoga studies through LMU in LA. And I've now uh, have the ability to not only read and transliterate and understand Sanskrit, but after reading all of the ancient texts, they were dealing with the same stuff that we still are today. Yeah, As yeah. human beings, yeah. we still are trying to figure out who am I? What is my purpose? And I think what yoga showed us, shows us, like you were saying, especially through community, is that we really are all connected. And science is even jumping on board finally now with this idea that there are, you know, quantum mechanics and fields of consciousness. And there's this sheath of interconnectivity that connects us all together. So I think practicing yoga together and and but coming to these understandings on our own just really make the world a better place and well the practicing the sacred you know uh, somebody i did an interview with me from australia the other day about my book and i write a lot about intuition in it and i think you know when you practice that sacred, that understanding, you said that earlier, to kind of follow your intuition, listen to it, learn how to discern the difference between the intuition and the ego. Um, You know, what is that small voice that's talking inside of you? And what ego, what uh, yoga allows you to do is actually get more in touch with that and be more discerning. Because when you're doing yoga poses, while you may be there, when you get into Shavasana, you get an opportunity to actually let go of all that. And you interviewed uh, Arlene Mischler, and she writes that I love that yoga consistently reminded me that ultimately I am the only one responsible for my own happiness. 
Uh, this is huge and hard to take responsibility for our own happiness and to embrace the notion as the practice is yoga for me. Um, why do you believe that yoga brings to so many people joy, peace, and happiness in their lives? Because you said that this has been going on since the beginning of man and woman, us questioning who we are, why we're here, what we're doing. Um, and the reality is you only have the present moment and you might as well remain happy, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and joy is possible. I think that there is suffering inherent in life, but it's not our state that we're supposed to exist in. I think we're all not only capable of joy, but the what she touches on here, I think is critical. And it really brings together everything we've been talking about today, that you are accountable. And once you claim the accountability, it's empowering. But also too, think about when you're not driving the car of your life, when you are a victim, it feels awful. When you are a victim and you feel like life is just hurtling at you and you're just reacting, then you are in a state of um, uh, lack of control and you, you're, you don't feel like you have uh, any possibilities and the potential to go out in the world and be your best. So that manifests for a lot of people in anger or insecurity, or uh, depression, or other forms of, um, uh, or people pick up bad tools like drinking too much, or shopping too much, or whatever, to try and uh, blame someone else for their circumstance. And what she is talking about, and what yoga shows you is that you're not the victim, you do have the potential, anybody can do yoga, all, like you said, all ages, all shapes, sizes, all different people. It's available to everyone. Anyone can do it. There's even adaptive and inclusivity movements that are showing us that people of all body shapes, sizes, and abilities can do it because it really is a mental thing. And it really is a tool that can give you back the keys to show you that you are the driver of the car of your life. And that should feel great. And it well, does. it is all in here. You know, it, you were just talking about, is your life by accident or is it on purpose? And I think the people that you found here at some point in their life, even yourself, you felt like it was by accident until you found this practice and then you realized it was on purpose. And um, you can choose that. You know, that isn't something, in your case, you chose to get out of an abusive relationship. You chose this path. Um, you had an opportunity to do this 4,000-mile journey, meet all these wonderful souls. And I say souls because you could see their souls. Yeah. You know, some people you can't. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this book for people would give them an opportunity to just wake up to some of the stories. Um, the stories are so good, and you wrote this masterfully, which is why you got this Nautilus Award. So I want all my listeners, we'll have a link to this at Amazon, go out and get this book. Uh, this book will teach you things in a subtle way that you probably have not heard 
by many different voices, not just Stephanie's. Yes, she's the author. She did the interview. She wrote this down. But the reality is it's somebody else's voice. And I think that's what makes this very unique is you have all these different voices that some of you are going to relate to. You're going to relate to some of them, right? And so if you were to leave the listeners with the yoga wisdom, and what would you tell them about the practice and how it would benefit them in their lives? In other words, you know, if you summed that book up, which I asked you at the beginning kind of to do, now I'm going to ask you at the end after all this, you know, what are three takeaways that these listeners who are listening to this podcast with you and I could implement into their life today? First, I think it's that check-in that I was talking about. Just stop right now. And, and if you have to, even just put your hand on your heart. Because sometimes I have to do that to bring myself in and just ask yourself, how do you feel today? Not how are you? Because you can just give a yes, no answer or a good, bad. How do you feel? And then wait for the answer. And then ask yourself, what do you need today? And same thing, wait for the answer and then act on that. Number two, I think in between awareness, which you cultivate while practicing, and action, there's a huge space of opportunity. And that's the space that you enter in yoga. Some people even focus, there's a space organically in between your in-breath and your out-breath. And even if you just try and drop into the awareness of that space. So in between awareness, like, you know, something happens, right? And then what do I do about that? So your reactivity to life is going to shift. You will no longer just be reacting. You'll be proactive. And that's huge. That's huge. And number three, if you want to sleep better, have better relationships, feel more joy, experience life and react to stress differently in your life. It's not the stress, it's your reaction. Get to yoga because just the action and the effort that it takes to get there, I promise you that self-awareness that you'll cultivate, you'll start investigating things like nonviolent communication or ways to empower yourself because you will develop self-love. Well, it's a great way to sum it up, especially the part about, you know, putting your hand on your heart and taking deep breaths and asking what you need and uh, love yourself and have compassion for yourself because that's what yoga gives you. And for my listeners, uh, you we will have a link to Stephanie's website. It's stephaniespence.com. And that's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-S-P-E-N-C-E.com. There you can learn more about her. You can learn more about the book. You can see her blog. She writes a blog, which is really quite interesting with little, uh, I would say, uh, not stories, but information about how this can benefit you. Uh, The blog is very well written. So please take a moment uh, to go to her website as well. Take time to get this book. Uh, it will have, again, that link on Amazon. And Stephanie, is there anything special that you're doing that you want to let the listeners know? Are you doing anything live on Zoom? Or are you having any uh, special gatherings of uh, yogis that you're bringing together? Uh, or just get the book and go to my website kind of thing? 
get the book, go to your website and keep up with me because I'm in the process of completing my master's degree in yoga study. So I have lots of good things to come. Well, we appreciate you, appreciate us finally getting together after months of having this book on the shelf. And it was a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth, sharing your personal story, but also sharing some of the stories of some of the other uh, people that you interviewed on this 4,000-mile yoga trip that you took. So blessings to you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for being on. Thank you.